Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. I am Kai Graham and welcome to my podcast, Parent Toolbox, which is specifically designed to equip parents with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to another episode in the Parent Toolbox podcast. I am so glad you're here. Today's episode is entitled, Your Teen Knows Best. So parents, how does that sit with you? Nowadays, it appears that teenagers have very firm opinions and they are not shy in voicing those opinions. And quite frankly, bravo, I say. But you're in the right place if you're a parent and you're thinking, do you know what? I just don't understand what's going on. I don't understand my teenager and I just don't understand where I'm going wrong because all I seem to be hearing is shouting and you just don't get me and why don't you understand what's going on? And I think the thing is, is that as teenagers, yeah, that they need to feel as though their parents are listening to them and value what they've got to say. Now, in fairness, that's an opinion that for many of us, and if you sort of grew up in the 60s and 70s like me, children really should, the thought was children should be seen and not heard. So to be told that you need to start listening to your teen's opinions can sometimes go against the grain. But this episode is all about why I feel it's important to understand your child a little bit better. And yes, teenagers are going to push your buttons. Let's face it, it's their job. They are wired to do that, as are any children. They are at home, they are under the same roof as you, and in the family environment, Kids are using that space to learn about life, to understand. We, in a previous episode, I was talking about sibling rivalry. But we are using, our kids are using this family environment to work out how relationships work, to work out the sound of their own voice, to work out right from wrong. And, you know, that's, that's sort of fair enough. And when they become teenagers, they do start questioning your authority. And it's the way it should be, because I think what really sort of rattles my cage is when I sort of hear parents, you know, sort of teenagers going, but why, but why? And parents just going, because I said so. And understandably, a response is, or, you know, a comment like that is going to be greeted and responded with deep sighs eye-rolling, slamming doors, and a bit of attitude from our teenagers. Because in fairness, I think it serves us right. Because I said so is, in my humble opinion, downright lazy. Because I said so really says, well, I've run out of ideas. It says, I'm too busy to explain. It says, listen, just do it my way. Or it also says, 
I've no idea what I'm doing, but you've got to follow my orders anyway. What it also does is that it implies that the adult knows best, which I don't actually always believe is the case. Our children's childhoods are very different to what we were subjected to. I had never heard of climate change at the age of age of 14. I didn't know about gun and knife crime in schools at the, you know at that age. And our kids are being subjected to a lot. So therefore, our advice, though very, very relevant, our experiences, dare I say it, might be a little bit redundant. Now, in the early years of development, between sort of definitely for the sort of first seven years of childhood, children do learn from their parents. They learn from their parents' beliefs, their values, their likes and dislikes. And this is where we are building the foundations to teach kids right from wrong. You know, you, this is how we are. How, this is all about manners and learn all about being nice to one another and not snatching and how not to use bad words and all that sort of stuff. T- teaching our kids sort of right from wrong. And as our kids get older, their development is influenced by their past events and understandings and also their peer groups and the sort of other significant adults in their life. And that's fine. But come the teenage years, that's when everything changes. Because our teenagers are now becoming wired for independence. And this is normal. This is perfectly fine. This is the way it should be. But what starts happening is our brain starts, you know, the teenage brain starts developing in such a way that sort of rationale and decision making go totally out of the window. Their heads are a melting pot of hormones that are all over the place. And one child sort of likened it to having a sort of five lane motorway with cars going in all different directions, that it was absolute chaos going on in their heads because this is the brain rewiring. And whilst their brain is under construction, I think it's up to us adults to hold a space, hold a safe space for them to go through this process. Now, rest assured, this this period lasts um, up until for young girls, up until about early 20s and for young guys, sort of mid to late 20s. So it's way past the teenage years. And it's something that we really need to acknowledge. So the thing is, is that Teenagers need way more than just orders because they are trying to understand and make sense of what's going on in the world. And they need to try and work out what they're thinking and, and create their form their own decisions and their likes and dislikes and their values and their beliefs. And all these are sort of thrown into the melting pot. All these are changing as your child is a, a bit like a, a chrysalis is sort of coming out the other side of this beautiful butterfly. But in the middle, I tell you what, it's a bit messy. And so for adults, I think it's important for us to just give them some slack, really, and to understand that this is a development process and it's up to us to be the grown-up here and give them the time to try and work out what's going on in their head. Now, I know, I know you're going to say, oh, God, yeah, but that's fine, Kai, but they need to learn right from wrong. Well, yeah, they do, and they have. Because as I said earlier, in the first, you know the development cycle of the brain and values and beliefs are all sort of formed within 
the first seven years of life. And I can't even remember who said it, but it was sort of, you know, give me the child and I'll give you the, by the age of seven and I'll give, show you the man. It really is. We we have taught our children the fundamentals by the age of seven. Now, okay, it might look like that they've forgotten them and they've all gone out the window when they sort of turned into sort of recalcitrant teenagers. But it's all there. It's just sort of ruminating and, and, and maybe some of these sort of the manners are in hibernation for a while. But also many parents will say to me, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. I mean, you know, they don't have life experiences like us. We know what's around the corner. Yes. But I think that's the whole point, isn't it? Is that we only really learn from our own experiences. It's all very well. You know, you, you could sort of say to a child, right, I'm going to teach you how to swim. So sit down in that chair and look at the blackboard and I'm going to start drawing diagrams. Well, you know. That's fine. They might understand the sort of rudiments of it, but it's only when you throw them into the water and they start experiencing what it feels like, you know, with buoyancy and what it feels like to sink or swim or float or whatever, that they are able to start sort of, you know, working things out in their head. And I think that's the very same with teenagers and life is the fact that they can only really start working stuff out in their head when they start experiencing everything for themselves. They do need, I mean, some parents have said to me, well, I need to protect them from making the same mistakes that I made. But you're not actually doing them any favours by protecting them from making mistakes. And I think that's the thing is that as you know, the only really way we do learn is when sort of um, the proverbial hits the fan. When things are going swimmingly, we don't really give too much thought to it. And it's only when we sort of get that friction and the rubber hits the road that we actually start learning and we actually start sort of, you know, developing as as people and, and, and experiencing. And that, that's what experience comes from is it's, you know, realizing the the, the where you went wrong and how to do things differently. And it, it helps us to develop our own emotional resilience as well. Some parents will go, well, hang on a minute, Kai, but, you know, I'm the adult here. I need to show that I'm in charge. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit like my house, my rules. Okay, that's fine. How's that working out for you with a teenager in the house? Because it doesn't hold water for terribly long. That's the thing. And I think when we start realizing that we no longer can manage our little ones and it's time to start mentoring them, that's actually when the fun starts. That's actually when we can start growing stronger relationships with our teenagers. And some parents will say, I know, but I know what I'm doing. You know, I've been doing this for long enough. And that's fine, That this lovely game of life. But we don't really want to live or we really don't want our children to live their lives through us. And it's all very well. It's a bit like sort of saying, well, I can't stand fish, so I'm not going to let my child have fish. Well, that's great, but you're robbing them of their own experiences here. So it's all very well wanting to sort of, you know, push our children in the right direction, but maybe guidance is a better way of looking at it. And as I said, if we adopt the role of being a mentor rather than a manager then that really is a good turning point. And I get it. We all want the very best for our kids. 
We all want them, I know, to think on their feet and to develop a mind of their own and become those sort of, you know, well-formed young adults and independent, you know, but uh, as long as they don't do all that under our roof. But I know that we have our children's best interests at heart. We want them to be safe. We want to manage their well-being. We want to keep them out of trouble. We want them to avoid childhood mistakes. But without adapting to having a teenager in the house, this is when the problems start. Disconnection and misunderstandings, hurt feelings and upset. And this is when when emotions are highly charged, this is what leads to the conflict in the home. And when we get conflict, which is unresolved, it builds resentment and in the long run, secrecy. I hasten to add, arguing does not mean a bad relationship. Arguing, to an extent, is a way of kids kicking the tyres and seeing what reaction that they'll get. Well, I said it that way and that didn't turn out well. Or, oh, well, I said something and no one really batted an eyelid, so that seems okay. And it helps them form their own opinions and to develop into the young adults that they want to become. Okay, Kai, so how do I mentor my child rather than manage them because I thought I got this sussed and now you're moving the goalposts on me? Point one, be patient. Oh, flip that old word again. Be patient with the resentment and the shouting and the conflict and the emotions and the slamming doors and the eye rolls. Yes, yes, be patient. Because, as I said, our kids are going through a lot of turmoil. There is chaos going on in their heads. They don't know who they are, what they stand for, where they fit in, and it is scary. Just remember, and I keep on saying this, my, my, my opinions for teenagers, it, it really does need to be very, sort of, our approach needs to be very child-centered. And their home is their sanctuary. So if we are patient with the kicking off and the getting cross and, and the arsiness, and I'm not saying give them a, you know, sort of a, a, a wild card, but I am just sort of saying pick your battles. And just remember that... There is a a maelstrom of emotions going on and it's important that we are there for them and looking after them. But not only that, be patient with yourself. This this parenting lark, it changes, it's up and down. We we you know we struggle sometimes. Sometimes we don't know what what we're doing. Sometimes it doesn't help admitting that either. You know that oh well I've got to show that I'm in charge, Kite. No, actually you don't already. It's important to show your child that, listen, we need to do this together. We're learning by the trip and fall method, but as long as we're working in the, in the same direction, looking after one another, then we should muddle through okay. I think being able to be vulnerable as a parent doesn't do you any harm at all. But also, point two, I think it's important to validate your child's feelings, wherever they are right now. At time of recording this, we are going through the uh, lockdown, still in lockdown in the UK. And many children are coming to the stage where they should be right in the middle of exams and they're not. And they should be looking forward to their proms or their celebrations or chilling with their mates and they're not. And those feelings create frustration and anger and, you know, upset 
And rather than, oh, well, we're all in the same boat, get on with it, I would suggest just being slightly more charitable and going, yeah, buddy, this sucks. And I wish it was different for you. But sadly, this is the way it is. And we'll make, you know, we'll make do this way and we'll, we'll make amends another way. But I appreciate what you're going through. And for younger kids, I mean, you know, many, many children get overstimulated because there's so much going on. Little ones don't know how to filter stuff at the minute. So if they are feeling overwhelmed and all they need to do is collapse in a heap and, and you know, because of the, the overwhelm and just to, they might be having meltdowns. And that's understandable. And rather than, so now pull yourself together and I've told you this before, you're tired or you're this or you're that. Why not just sort of sit down and ask them or, 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 as I said, validate their feelings? I can tell you're a bit upset here. What's going on? Tell me about it. Or I can tell you're tired. It sounds you sounding as though you need a little bit of a chill time. But whatever it is, or I can tell you're tired because, there's, you know, you, you don't want to go to bed because you think there are monsters under the bed. So that must be scary for you. But acknowledging someone's feelings doesn't mean that their feelings are going to get sort of, you know, even, even more polarized. What it means is, come here and I hear you. And that's important because we all want to feel heard. I think also it's so important, my third point, is to, to acknowledge that our children are being, trying to become independent, that their brains are rewiring them for independence biologically. You know, the age of, sort of 15, 12 to 15 in the olden days, tribally, you know, they, they were sort of young teenagers were programmed to go and look for a mate. They were becoming sexually active. Now, now social society has sort of impinged rules and laws, rightly or wrongly. I'm not even going to judge on that. But we now are, you know, society now has sort of various restrictions on teen behavior. But biology hasn't changed. So they've got this sort of, you know, this chaos of, of hormones and, and need to, you know, sort of biologically find a mate where actually they're not allowed to do anything about it technically. And so this is causing huge sort of restrictions on teens. And not only that, you know, but when we're sort of telling them that they are need to be independent and yet we're watching them and sort of going, have you done your homework yet? And have you done this? And it's about time you did that. And I think the thing is, is that we need to relax the reins a little bit and let teenagers manage their own time, manage the, 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 the way they spend their life so that, yes, if they, if they do trip and fall and make mistakes, they learn from that. But they're not really going to learn terribly much from us not nagging at them. So on point four, it's important to consult and collaborate with your child. And this hand holds nicely with the respecting their independence. But when we start collaborating with our kids, when we start asking their opinions, when we start consulting them and seeing what they feel and what they've got to say and what their opinions are, they feel heard. They feel important, not self-important, but they just feel as though they matter, which indeed they do. But when we start asking someone's opinion, I mean, I keep saying this, is that as individuals, we want to feel loved, we want to feel understood, and we want to feel respected, no matter what age we are. 
So if we are asking someone's opinion, if we are seeking their, dare I say it from a teen, advice, then they are feeling, you know, they, they are feeling respected, which is one of the needs that I just mentioned. But when we also sort of consult with them, and it could be with anything, you know, if you're looking at their independence, and okay, well, let's talk about curfews then. When do you think would be the right time or the wrong time to come in? You know, and they, oh, well, three o'clock. Well, that ain't going to work because, you know, you've, you've got stuff to do the following day. But, you know, and I was going to say 11.30. So why don't you, how, how do we, how do we compromise here? And maybe you compromise at 12.30 or 1. But the point is, is because you have collaborated, your teenager has actually bought into the decision. And so if and when, because there is always a, you know, when when they, you know, curfew is broken or when rules are broken or when they sort of, you know, stretch the boundaries a bit, having had that discussion with them makes it easier to bring them back on track, to advise them that, look, look here, hang on a minute, we did discuss this and we all agreed that this is the way that we were going to go. And yet they are going to make mistakes. Of course they are, because that's that's what life's all about. It's all about making mistakes and learning. I mean, I, I do remember when I was sort of learning to drive and I sort of, I badgered my mum. Oh, mum, mum, I need the car. I've got to go and sort of take so-and-so. And, and someone has passed his test already and he can sit beside me. So I don't need you. I just need the car. And you're so mean. And why don't you understand? And, oh, you hate me. And why? And so eventually, against her better judgment, and I'd only, I'd only had sort of four lessons or something ridiculous, against her better judgment, my darling mother relented and said, yeah, be careful. And I want the car back by saying so. Well, needless to say, I think probably half an hour later, there was a <laughs> phone call where I had, in my inexperience, I had taken a friend's gatepost at third gear at about sort of 25, 30 miles an hour. Well, you don't do that. And no end of this is how you're going to drive, you know, is going to help until you actually get behind the wheel and experience it. So I took all three panels, four panels um, on the passenger side as I screeched through this gatepost. Well, I tell you what, I did learn from that. And even to this day, so 30, 40 years later. I still have an aversion to sort of get things getting too close to me on the passenger side of a car. But we do need to learn from mistakes. Now, hopefully they're small mistakes, but if they turn out to be big ones, it's a bigger lesson. But kids are not going to listen to their parents nagging. It really is as simple as that. It's only when we let go of the reins a little bit that they are able to experience what's going on and make the learnings and appreciate that, all oh, right, this is the way it should have been done and that sort of thing. So I think as parents, we do need to acknowledge that as painful as it's going to be, mistakes are a very, very valid part of growing up. And point six, which is the your teen knows best. They do, in fact, know best. They know their own mind best. They know what's going on in their head. 
They know what their hopes and dreams are. Their hopes and dreams are. They know what they want. They know where they're heading. They know the best way to manage sort of you know their own emotions. And it's up to us not to railroad them, but to support them. To support them in their dreams. To support them in their passions. To support them in the way you know the direction that they want to take their life. Um, my darling daughter, she, you know, she she got a first in hospitality, and as soon as she came out, she said, "Right, well, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing HR. Thank you very much." And husband Mike and I were going seriously, seriously, that can't be right. No, no, no. But she's she's really well fixed to do hospitality. Look, she's proven she's really good. We're going to have to steer her to do. And then suddenly, it's no. No, she knows what she wants to do. She knows what she doesn't want to do. And I think the thing is, is is that accepting that, yes, indeed, our children do know best. They know their own lives. And it's not really up to us to sort of, you know, try and shape their lives through our own hopes and expectations, because it just ain't going to work. So how do you help them? How do you guide them? How do you mentor them? You listen to their opinions. A child seldom needs a good talking to as a good listening to. And it's important to sit and listen and consult and see how they themselves are wanting to move forward. And the best thing is once you've listened and once they've let you in is to go, okay, my love. So how best can I support you here? Because, as I always say, when your teen realizes that you have their back rather than being on their back, then, dear parent, that's when the magic happens. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share by your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. <laughs> because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.